breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, State Superintendent of Education, Cade Brumley. Good morning, Dr. Brumley. Appreciate you joining us. Hey, thanks for having me back, guys. You guys have a, an exciting new uh hurricane initiative. Tell us about this playbook that you're developing or you have developed. Yeah, we um we are actually releasing that this week. So what I what I found whenever I came into this role about three years ago after um really Hurricane uh, Laura hit, which was the first storm that I had to deal with as state superintendent, is you know I'm I'm asking around and I'm like, well, give me the playbook for how the state and systems are supposed to deal with hurricanes, and found that there essentially wasn't one. Um, and I said, how in the state of Louisiana can can a state agency not have support out for systems for something like this? And so. Uh, we called together a, a panel of about two dozen members of experts in, um, you know, facilities and and and, and government uh, and academics, and said, "Hey, let's let's work together and build a playbook of how school systems can be better prepared in advance of storms and how to better respond for for storms." And so, we'll launch that this week. And and the goal of that really is to uh, be able to to put a playbook in principal and and school system leaders' hands that's codified, and so they know these are the things I need to do before uh, in the in the soon to be impact, and then uh, in the aftermath of a storm. And and those things necessarily haven't been um, codified or written down before. Cade, let me ask you. We were talking about this yesterday, and I I want to get I want to get your two cents because you've done this from you know, from the local level and now the the head honcho. A lot of people question, we're now less than a month away from school going back into session. And a lot of people question, and you might can explain to us to make it sensible, why we now start in that first week of August and we have a fall break, we have a whole week for Thanksgiving, we have a couple of weeks at Christmas, we have, some have a, I know DeSoto Parish has a winter break and then a spring break. Explain to us why we don't start school after Labor Day. Well, the, the first thing that, that the audience needs to appreciate here is that that is, that is completely a local decision. Every independent school system in the state of Louisiana, uh, by statute, is allowed to set their own schedule. Uh, now, the, the thought behind that, whenever uh, back in the day, whenever I was in DeSoto, was we tried to balance that calendar out as much as possible, um, just so that both uh, employees uh, and, and students could remain as as fresh as possible uh, over the course uh, of the school year. Um, but again, every every system makes those decisions on their own. Now, I'll tell you, with the um, uh, with state testing that came about uh, a couple of decades, well, longer than that now, when that came in, there there began this idea of you know we need to build up as much instructional time uh, in advance of, of that spring testing as we possibly can, and so that too uh, had some degree of influence on why school systems decided to start. Uh, a little bit earlier, but again, I, I would just remind everyone that whether you're in uh, Homa uh, in, in Terrebonne Parish or whether you're in Homer in Claiborne Parish, that's a, that's an independent decision on a calendar from each school. System. But 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 starting after Labor Day, couldn't you still build in those breaks? 
with an after Labor Day start. Perhaps you have to go a little bit longer in the spring. You know, I just it seems that the summer just keeps getting shorter, shorter and shorter. And I hear that all the time. I know you do, too. Well, yeah, I mean, you could you could build the schedule in any way that is is so desired. One one may decide, one system might decide. In fact, we have some that have that they want to take uh, their school year and balance it over twelve months. And so, in, in doing that, they they essentially have uh, intercessions that are basically three or four weeks, two, three, four weeks at various points in the year. So, the the kids aren't necessarily out for for two, two and a half, three months in the summer. But they may have a two, three-week break in uh, October, or they may have one in, in January, and it's just balanced throughout the year. So what happens is, you know, that you, you have the minutes that you have to meet uh, over the course of the year, and systems get to decide uh, what makes the most sense for them. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Dr. Cade Brumley, Superintendent of Education for Louisiana. Uh, as students and teachers, and what can parents expect? We know there's new literacy screeners. We know recess is now required. What are some new things that people can look forward to in the upcoming school year? Well, from from the state level, our, our influence is, is going to show in three three areas or three places for sure, certainly more than that, but few, I think, worth noting. Uh, the first is in these lower elementary grades, K-3. We put so much emphasis on reading the last two to three years. We led the country in fourth-grade reading growth. Um, a lot of a lot of good things happening in literacy, and one of those pieces is a, a brief, quick screener uh, for kids in grades K-3 uh, a few times a year with parent notification on those results. And so what, what parents can expect is uh, a few times a year, kids will take a brief reading screener, uh, it'll kind of tell the parent where the where the kid is. It'll inform the the teacher in the classroom. We'll make notice to the parent, and that way we'll have a better idea of how to serve each each child. Um, an, another thing I think that that is important is we were able to pass legislation that mandates recess in Louisiana schools. Many people thought, well, you already have to have recess. It wasn't law, and in fact, um, some schools did not offer elementary kids recess. So, uh, beginning this year. Um, mandated 15 minutes of recess in grades K through 5 at a minimum uh, each day. And, and then the last thing I'll, I'll call out is just um, our freedom framework, which are our social studies standards that I believe are now the, the best in the country. This will be the first year for implementation of those. So um, several things that I think are new and different but, but positive. Uh, and then obviously each local system uh, in your region and across the state, we'll have new initiatives that, that they'll probably be phasing in, and, and, and hopefully uh, some some initiatives will phase out. Okay, put your teacher hat on now, because we talked yep. about this again yesterday. Uh, people were calling in, and we were talking about teacher salaries and how the bonuses were going to be paid out or whatever, and people were saying, well, they, they're paid pretty well for working six months a year. When you have to have 177 days of school and you have the rest of the year off, that just ain't the truth, right? Look, I mean, we, we have to value our, our teachers. Our teachers deserve to be paid well. They deserve environments where they can teach free from distra- distraction. They deserve good leaders. Um, you know, unfortunately, that, that pay raise that we had requested uh, for this particular year, it did not turn into this year being a you know a into the into the actual long term plan. But what we intend to do is request that again for the upcoming year, uh, because that's what has been asked uh, of us of the legislature is to ask for that again next year. So I mean I'm, I'm uh, would assume that our board would would consider that uh, as a recurring uh, consideration moving forward. 
Um, but uh, certainly our teachers deserve to be be paid well, and uh, certainly I want to be a part of helping in that. What do you say to people who say they only work half a year, though? I mean, you I well, mean, you completely yeah. debunk that, right? It, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's just that's just not true. I mean, teachers work clearly work more than than half a year. Um, and look, I, I I was a teacher. Um, I know what it's like to be in that in that classroom and serve kids and be in the trenches. And what I told a group of aspiring teachers yesterday is, you know, oftentimes if you want to be successful as a teacher, it, it, it has to go beyond that school day because what do kids want to see? Kids want to see you at their soccer games. They want to see you uh, leading a club mm-hmm. after school. They You know, they, they want to build those appropriate relationships uh, with those teachers so that they – uh, can get uh, what they need both from the student perspective and the, and the teacher perspective during that class time. And so uh, the, the whole idea that teachers just work a half a year, I mean, that's 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 just not true. Yeah, absolutely. Cade Brumley, superintendent of schools for uh, Louisiana. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Mm. You have a great weekend. 101.7 FM. We- One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Okay, I told you m- Monday my power went out. Mm-hmm. Mon- was it Monday night? Monday night. Yeah. So it had no power, um, and I wasn't dissing Swepco. You know, I, I don't right. think it came across that way. I hope it didn't. Was no. it? Was it just? Hey, it just. It, it's what happens right now. I think you said I hate Swepco, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm lying. You did not say that. Yeah, those line workers are lazy. Man. <laughs> no, yeah, never would I say that. No, um, but I got a text from Michael Corbin later. Oh, did you? Yeah, and and uh, sorry, and I, Michael. I know, and I said, dude, I wasn't. No, I wasn't bashing. I said, if it came across that way, it's not what I meant. And he goes, no, no, no. He said, and and, and we know this. He says a lot of limbs got broken. During mm-hmm. the storm, but are still hanging in trees. They're dangling, and then when they fall, and that's it's what a happened in my area. Mm-hmm. Another limb fell, and of course, it took out some power lines. Right when it fell, and and that can't be. I mean, I guess it can be avoided, but you're going to have to go through get tree companies to go through and remove broken limbs. Yes, exactly. But that isn't practical. Uh, I know there's a huge one in my in behind my house. It's not in my backyard. But I'm not sure it didn't come from my huge pecan tree. Oh. But it's in another tree. And okay. it's it, and it's it's broken off. I mean, it's Precarious. hanging there. Uh, yeah. And if it falls, one of those neighbors behind me, they're mm. going to have some damage. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, that's that's what happened. And, and I knew it. I'd said tree involvement. And, and it's... It's just un- that was an unprecedented storm and it, that we experienced. When you got back home, it would power was back on, right? Yeah, it had come back on by the okay. time I got because yeah. our boss is in the same area with you, and his got knocked out as well. Mm-hmm. But I have another friend on Albany, and not too far from you, and he was fine. He did well. Actually, was- my mom is on the three hundred block in, okay. uh, of, of another street, and she was fine. Yeah, it was. It was just. It's so cool that Swepco app, and this is not an app for Swepco, by the way. This is just really they. they Who you hate, yeah. They, <laughs> Lord, I'm joking, Michael. That is not true. <laughs> but that app, you can zone in on the map, 
and see exactly where i mean they've got right. the highlighted areas where the outages yeah. you know are that's and so cool. within the within the block so it's really cool oh, so that's cool that's how i knew my mom and my sister still had power i need your help after the news real short segment i need your help with ring around the rosy can you help me with that i don't know <laughs> It's like it's like remember in, in uh, uh, Notting Hill when he was trying to climb the gate and he goes whoopsie daisy. <laughs> Who's, when's the last time you ever said ring around the rosy? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a minute. Michael McCarty, one hundred one seven. One oh one seven FM seven ten keel ring around the rosy pocket full, full of the posies. Ashes, ashes, ashes. We all fall down. Now when I looked that up, because when you said that, I was like, Okay, I think I remember the words. Mm-hmm. But then when I looked it up, it was this version, Ring Around uh, Ring Around O Roses. Yeah. Pocket full of posies. A tissue. A tissue. We all fall down. No, ashes, ashes. Well, that's the British version. I don't know what, but I'm I'm in the pool with a bunch of babies. (laughs) Parents are holding their babies. And we played Ring Around the Rosie. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. And when we go underwater. And that's when they dunk the child. They dunk the child if the child's ready. But somebody came up and said, did you say asses, asses? Yes, no, idiot. No, didn't say asses. It's ashes, ashes. Somebody didn't know ring around the rosy. Right. Who knew? And I thought, did I say bad word <laughs> to all these babies? I hope not. No, I didn't. I said it right. Somebody heard it wrong. Anyway. And they actually came up and asked you. Yes. Did you say asses, asses? We all fall down? Well, first of all, I don't think your 18-month-old is going to mind no. or pick that, pick that up. No, I did not say that. I promise. I said ashes. We do have a confirmed case of West Nile virus here in the, the Arklatex. Dr. Martha White is going to join us after the break, and we're going to talk about uh, what you should watch out for. 1017. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Our friend of the program, Dr. Martha White, joining us, Region Seven Director. Then that's off the top of my head. Doctor White, what was I know I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I'm the Region 7 Medical Director for Public Health. I'm not an idiot! You were close, yeah. We we do have a confirmed case of West Nile in our area. How serious is this? Should we be panicking, buying cases of water now, and <laughs> holding up paper, in our yeah. homes, and hoarding toilet, toilet paper? paper? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we have West Nile every year, so um, don't be panicked and of course it's a mosquito-borne illness so we're always going to have mosquitoes in louisiana we're always going to be at risk for illnesses that they can carry we just have to be smart and try to protect ourselves now i was looking up on the cdc website most people in fact eight out of ten infected with west nile do not develop any symptoms 
That's right. That's right. But Very th- similar to something else we used to have going around. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't going to say the c word. Okay? We weren't going to. No, don't even say that. <laughs> let me let me ask you the the when when there is a case that is considered neuroinvasive, that is serious. That's what we found here. How serious is that? So it can be very serious for the person who has it because, number one, it can, on rare occasions, lead to death. So only about 1%, I'm sorry, about 5% of people who have neuroinvasive disease can die. So it's a very low number of a very low number, right? Mm -hmm. So if only 2 out of 10 people get sick at all, only those get neuroinvasive and, and then even a smaller percentage can pass away. But it also can lead to um, long-term effects in some people. So you want to make sure that you get in to see your physician if you're feeling um, those significant symptoms like um, a severe headache, a stiff neck. Um, if anyone notices that this person is confused or um, not quite acting themselves, running a high fever, they definitely need to be seen. Okay. Are, are, is a specific population more susceptible to getting the neuroinvasive? Yes. It's usually people over 60, and it can be in people who are immunocompromised. So it's as we age, of course, we always become more susceptible to disease processes. And then if you don't have a strong immune system, you have a harder time with a lot of things that are going around. So those two populations. Yeah, certain medical conditions such as cancer, diabetes, hypertension, kidney disease, or an organ transplant, those, those people uh, need to be especially careful. What are some preventative measures people can take? So, you know, unfortunately, mosquitoes like people don't like the heat of the day. So they like to be out when it's cooler in the mornings and in the evenings. But um, so we need to be specifically cautious and wear light weight, long sleeve shirts, long pants if you can, and, and make sure that you wear a mosquito repellent. We always want to warn people, don't put the mosquito repellent under your clothes. You can put it on your skin that's open, and you can put it on your clothes, but not under your clothes. All right. We've often often heard, and my father used to tell me, I was so sweet, that's why mosquitoes bit me a lot. (laughs) Are they attracted to a specific person or blood type? We've heard that a lot. Well, you know, there are people who will say that they... uh, they get bitten a lot more than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have never seen any scientific data that proves that there's a specific type. I'll just come that, come sit on the porch with me, and I'll prove that. <laughs> but there are definitely people who seem to get bitten more often, and I don't know if it's something you know that they wear or what it is about that person. Maybe they are sweeter, but um, <laughs> but in that case, I don't get bitten a lot, and I'm very sweet. <laughs> well, we can. I can sit on the porch with my wife. We love to do that in the evenings, especially in the fall and nicer weather. Uh, yeah. And and I'll I'll just be eaten up, and she's hardly ever bothered at all. 
So what are you trying to say? Well, th- that I'm sweeter, obviously. <laughs> Martha, and we're talking to Dr. Martha White, the Office of Public Health. If we have somebody in our room who was out maybe in a, a wooded area a day or a couple days ago and got eaten up by mosquitoes, what should he watch out for? They, they really want to watch out for flu-like symptoms. So, you know, those muscle aches. Um, some people have GI distress with it. Um, some mild fever you can get with it. Um, runny nose, congestion, cough. Sorry, but they also, um, but it, the main thing is if they get sicker with the bad headaches and the stiff necks, the not being able to, they don't want to eat, they possibly throwing up, you really want to be seen. The only other thing, Erin, is make sure you keep your environment as clean as you can. Mm -hmm. If you have screens, make sure that they're in good repair. If you're going to leave your windows open, make sure that you don't have standing water. A lot of people like bird baths. Those are okay, but you need to um, dump them every two to three days Mm -hmm. so that um, you have fresh water in them. The, do the, do those the, citronella candles work? Are there some things you, that, that'll scare the skeeters away? Citronella candles do work. Um, you know, there's all kinds of systems out there now that people buy to put around their you know, misters and things like that. But the best thing you can do is make sure that you're wearing your mosquito repellent and that you... If you're going to be out, for example, all day going to the lake or whatever, you want to make sure you can reapply it to bring some with you. <laughs> and, and especially and, um, protect your children, right? Right. And remember, if you're go- you, you can protect their face. You just don't want to spray it on a child's face. Just spray it into your hands and then rub it on their skin. So don't um, spray. You don't want to get it in their eyes, nose, or mouth. Dr. Martha White, Region 7 Medical Director. Thanks for talking with us this morning. We appreciate it. Thank y'all. Thanks. 1017 FM, 710. Remember those coil things that you used to light? I remember when we would go to the drive-in movies, mm-hmm. uh, my parents would like this coil to, to it was a bug, like a citronella oh, thing. Like a, okay. You know, and it would, <laughs> I don't know why, it, it's just, I can smell it right now. Oh gosh, yeah. And those hanging things that when they ran into it, they would kill them, it zapped them. Oh, the bug zappers. The bug zappers, yeah. They yeah. still sell those, don't they? <laughs> I think so. PETA doesn't like them. Oh, are they cruel to they're the mosquitoes? Cruel to the mosquitoes, yeah. Well, it kills them. Or actually, it's probably that they're. It's like dolphins in in the tuna nets. Oh, might be. It's it, they're we're killing good bugs, in addition oh. to mosquitoes. I yeah, think. that might be it. That Mike could and McCarty, one hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Oh. I don't like spraying that stuff on my... I don't like that greasy... Yeah. I just... My wife goes, you want some... No, I don't. You have to find the the the, the water-based or whatever. I don't I don't know. They're, they're hard to find. It's hard to find one that feels I think there good. are some that's more of a powdery kind yeah. of a feel. 
I, I just I, you something know about I, that. I don't know having that on me. I, same thing. I'm the same way with sunscreen. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when you hear folks talk about, like Dr. Martha White told us, you know, wear a long sleeve shirt. Nobody's going to wear a long sleeve shirt in Louisiana in the summer. <laughs> so you just have to you just have to wear your your regular shirt and then spray that stuff on you. You know, over the app, you got to put it on. You can't just ignore. You know your body part of the shirt. Right. You got to because they'll bite you right through it. These yeah. are like these are like alligator mosquitoes. They they're they're coming seriously. They're we got some real serious mosquitoes in Louisiana. So you got to spray everywhere and uh, definitely with children and and as she said, folks over sixty, definitely get yourself sprayed if you're going to be outdoors and dump everything out of water. If you've got any old tires around the house, see we got sure. we got oh I can think of three bird baths around in you know in our yard Change front and back yeah and mm-hmm. i do i dump them and and kind of spray them out and, and mm-hmm. refill them and clean them up the birds love it but the skeeters do too right and that they are attracted to the water they need that water right now bad. and if you've got things like like I'm, we've got things around our garage is in the <laughs> in our backyard figure that out the mm-hmm. driveway goes through you know past the house oh, up yeah. into the backyard mm-hmm um, so it's a huge storage shed is what it is. Right. But around it, uh, there are things, you know, we can have stored and things re- like yeah, you that. You may have an old pot for If you've got things back there. Water will accumulate. That's right. And you've got to make sure to clean those out. And if you're just joining us, we have a confirmed case of West Nile virus in Caddo Parish. There's another in Baton Rouge. Uh, first two confirmed cases in the state this year. Uh, the case in Caddo is a neuroinvasive case. We, of course, we don't know anything about the the person who has is suffering from the virus, but they have they are being treated. And we had some forty one cases last year, including seven deaths. So it's something to be concerned about and take precautions. We've got the best listeners. Mm-hmm. Just got a message on the Shreveport Security System message board. PIC mosquito coils with terracotta burner. Oh, wow. Mosquito repellent, Walmart.com. <laughs> oh, they're smart. Smart, smart, smart. <laughs> I love it. Just be careful. Congressman Mike Johnson going to join us coming up after the news. Top of the hour, Mike and McCarty. 1017. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten, Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Congressman Mike Johnson joining us. Uh, Congressman, first of all, good morning, happy Wednesday. Hey, happy Wednesday to you guys. I, I know you're preparing to. Uh, uh, I don't know. Grill might be the wrong word. FBI Director Christopher Ray is that later this morning? Yeah, grilling is the right word. Neither okay, good. It's overdue. <laughs> yeah. What what Get happened for fireworks? What happened to the FBI for crying out loud? Yeah, it's uh, a great question, guys. It's it's heartbreaking and it's very dangerous, and it's no time to mince words. I mean, this hearing's at 10 a.m. Eastern time, so um, it'll be 9 a.m. for you guys, but it'll be televised, and it should be. I mean, the American people have lost faith in the FBI. So, and all of my constituents, everybody back home, is demanding that we get this situation under control because they know how how serious it is. What are you going to be focusing on during your line of questioning? Well, I can't help but go after him on this just stunning court opinion that we got out of North Louisiana on July 4th, 155-page opinion. And I know y'all discussed it. We all have. I had Jeff Landry on my, our attorney general on my uh, podcast um, two days after the opinion came out. And we just talked for a while about the massive implications of this. 
the, the, the court has found, and look, we know the FBI is being used as a political tool of the Biden administration. I mean, people have lost count of the mounting scandals, right? And the, the Obama administration before that. Exactly. They set it up this way, but it's gotten progressively worse. And so they're using counterterrorism resources against uh, concerned school parents. You know, they've, they've raided the homes of conservative political opponents. They've, they've, they targeted conservative states over election integrity laws. I mean, labeled conservative Catholics, violent extremists, on and on and on. Right? Well, now we know that this opinion comes out July 4th. That the court has ruled, it's looked at all this evidence, it's exhaustive opinion, they've ruled that the FBI has been directly involved in what the court said, not Mike Johnson's words, this is the judge, arguably the most massive attack against free speech in United States history. Y'all, they, the, the White House, mm-hmm. the DOJ, the FBI, colluded with and coerced the social media companies to take down free speech online mm-hmm. that was conservative in nature. And, and the court gave a list, here's a quick list, Things related to the Hunter Biden laptop story prior to the 2020 presidential election, the lab leak theory of COVID-19, the effectiveness of the lockdowns and the vaccines, speech about election integrity. I mean, even parody about the president, negative posts about the economy. They made the social media companies pull it off the Internet. And so millions and millions of Americans' messages were censored prior to the last election cycle and, and all the other implications that come from that. It, it's extremely disturbing. But what can the average citizen do, Mike? Mm-hmm. Well, we've got to we've got to demand accountability, and that's why we have the director, the top guy, in front of us under oath this morning. And I'm going to ask him <laughs> right along the lines of that question that you just asked, Mike. My first question for him is, sir, have you read the opinion? Because you you he's going to testify. We know what he's going to say for his five minute opener. He gave us a 14 page report that was issued and prepared on July 12th. Okay, eight days after this court ruling. There's not one word about this opinion in his statement to us. And so he's not going to get away. Okay, we, I'm going, I'm, I'll be the first one to ask questions. Chairman Jordan opens it. He's going he's gonna to punt directly to me. And I'm going to lead off, and I'm going after the director. This is no time for, you know, to, to mince words, as I said. They, he's got to tell us how this is being fixed, who's going to be held accountable, what we're going to do going forward, or he is going to lose his job. And, and, and if he doesn't lose his job because the president is in charge of, of, you know, hiring the FBI director, we're going to cut the funding of the FBI. Okay. They, they want this billion dollar new headquarters that they, you know, their dream facility. We're not going to give it to them. If the most powerful federal law enforcement agency in the country cannot respect the most fundamental constitutional rights of the people, they do not deserve to have their travel junkets and all these fancy offices they want. Well, okay? I'm glad you're got a very you serious job to do. How well, system? All, how systemic is it? Do you, do you think? Does it trickle down all the way to the local offices of the FBI's around the country? It's a great point and a very important distinction, Aaron. The, the, we got we got patriotic, noble field agents throughout the FBI and the whole institution, and they do their work and they're trying to do the right thing. It's the it's the leadership at the top that is rotten. Okay, they just become a political arm of one party. And the, my greatest fear, and we've talked about this many times. When the people lose faith in their institutions of justice, we cannot keep a republic. I mean, this is, you know, this is what the founders told us very directly. You know, if you lose that, you lose a very important pillar of the country. Mm-hmm. We just celebrated our 247th birthday. We, there's no guarantee we can keep it another 10 years if the people think we have a dual system of justice. I mean, there's nothing more important than this. And, I, and I, I'm going to tell Director Ray here in just a short while. This ought to be the very first thing you think about every morning when you get up, sir, and every night when you go to bed, that the perception of the FBI and the Department of Justice 
is essential to maintain. The, the, you know, the polling right now says that uh, only 37% of registered voters view the FBI positively. Wow. 37%. Well, I'm surprised I mean, it's we that can, high. We can't continue at this pace. How do you make it apolitical, though? What do you have to do? What are some changes you have to make? Yeah, I don't see it changing while we still have this sitting president. They've got, look, the DOJ and the FBI, you're right. This president, Merrick Garland, is corrupt. He's the attorney general. He's ultimately in charge of all this. And and and, and both of these guys, I mean, there's calls for Merrick Garland to be impeached. And I think there's plenty of evidence to do it. I mean, he, he, is, he is a completely political operative. They have weaponized the department. And they're doing it to the great harm of the American people, the Constitution, and all of our rights. And, and you know, we're, we're people ask me all the time back home, y'all, why can't you purple walk some of these guys? Why can't you, you know, indict them, put them on trial? And I have to remind them, we're just one House of Congress. We barely have a majority in the House right now. But we don't have it in the Senate. And, and we don't have the ability under the Constitution to indict anybody uh, or to put them on trial in a court. What we can do, what we must do, is put them on trial in a court of public opinion to put the evidence out there to let the American people see it so they can draw their conclusions, so they can vote accordingly in the next election. Because as you point out, this is... These are agencies of the executive branch, and it matters who is in the White House. It matters, you know, who's in charge of appointing these people. Can and, you stay with us? No I want the credibility of our system riding on it. Want to talk about the Supreme Court decision on congressional redistricting to see if maybe you're going to be the Zorro King or or what what's going to happen <laughs> with that? Can we talk about that when we come back? Oh, uh, sure, sure. Uh-huh. Congressman Mike Johnson with Mike and McCarty, one hundred and one. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten. Keel, Mike, and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, continuing our conversation with Congressman Mike Johnson. I'm going to talk congressional redistricting. The Supreme Court ruling looks like it's going to impact Louisiana, uh, where we may have to create another black majority congressional district. But lawmakers, I believe, are going to take it back to court first. Um, how quickly does this all have to get get resolved? Well, that's a good question. Um, th- that is one that's not answered yet. Um, there's a couple of things that could happen, a couple of different scenarios, and the way forward. I do think the legislature has a lot of confidence in the map that they drew and passed, um, you know, under the uh, normal processes. That's the legislature's job. And in our case, you know, we were awaiting the outcome of litigation about our maps because of what happened in, in Alabama, and, you know, the Supreme Court issued that opinion here. Mm-hmm. But there are some real important distinctions between our situation and Alabama um, because the minority populations in Alabama are much more concentrated in a couple of different areas. And in Louisiana, we're all spread out and mixed in together everywhere. So it's really difficult to just look at the map of Louisiana and draw a compact you know, majority minority district here as they're trying to do in Alabama. So I, I do think that our attorney general, Jeff Landry, and, and the team, they have some great arguments to make as the case proceeds. So we don't yet know what's going to happen, Aaron. If we do get a new map ordered, which I still think is, is not certain, probably the legislature gets called into special session and they go back to the drawing board. There's a possibility the district court uh, could draw its own map. We just don't know what's going to happen yet. But but um, I, I'm confident in the map we have. I think it could be upheld, and there's enough distinctions between our case and Alabama. Is is the best solution, if we have to draw a new district, is the best solution, as we've heard from some, I think Sharon Hewitt was one, that we carve out more of Baton Rouge 
we have one in the New Orleans area, and then we carve out one of, of Baton Rouge and kind of go up the river, I guess. I, or is it that Zorro map that goes across from Shreveport to Monroe and, uh, you know, taking in the no, metro that, areas? Yeah, that, that crazy Zorro map is not lawful, and, and that's why it, it, it didn't last year. For but is any of that lawful? When you well, start gerrymandering to... districts, that's what that's right, what they're right. doing. We're I'm supposed sorry. to have a colorblind society. No, you're right, and that's what you know. Clarence Thomas and some of the other justices in the, in the affirmative action case pointed that out. They lament that while we're, we've we've gone so far to make this a colorblind society, now there are elements within that society who are trying to divide us again and make people judge one another on the color of their skin. We're all Louisianians. It doesn't matter what race you are. Right? We all have the same interests. We all want the same things, you know, and and to draw lines based on skin color just it just flies right in the face of what the civil rights movement was trying to achieve. Well, it and, should and be I offensive mean, to Thomas everybody. Makes that argument, not me. Right, right. It's exactly right. But to answer your question, Aaron, I mean, on the specifics of Louisiana, really, that's the only way that it, if it were forced, if we were forced to do a new district, it it almost has to include the Baton Rouge thing and go up the river along the east side of the state because there's that's again that's where the Minority population is more compact and consolidated together. And that really, there's really no and, way to draw Shreveport into one. And that wouldn't impact your district. That would impact uh, Congresswoman Letlow's district, correct? Uh, Letlow and Garrett Graves, probably. Um, but, I mean, again, this, there's a lot of uncertainty here. If those lines are drawn, it probably changes all of our districts a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, again, you know, these are all hypotheticals. We don't know. I, I think our entire congressional delegation... Uh, at least all the Republicans are, are united that the existing map is fair and, and equitable and, and it follows all the legal rulings. So, you know, we, we've got a lot of confidence that we can uphold it. All this persecution going, I'll change gears just a little bit, um, against former President Donald Trump. We, mm-hmm. we talked about the weaponization of the DOJ, uh, the FBI. How do you see this playing out? Do you? I mean, he's obviously the front runner in the the Republican Party uh, for president, the presidential nomination. But how, how does this play out with with all of these charges that they're throwing against him? It's like they're throwing spaghetti against the wall, trying to get something to stick. Yeah, that's what it looks like to the people, and because of that. It backfires every time, you know, the, the left, you know, Alvin Bragg, the DA in Manhattan or one of the other, you know, what a Georgia, Florida, wherever they're trying to go after him. Every time they bring charges or try to indict him, his poll numbers go up because people Donald Trump is has become a symbol of something, you know, and and he, what he symbolizes is a pushback against the deep state and corruption and all that. That's how people see him. Most, you know, a big chunk of the Republican Party. And I think a lot of uh, people around the country as well. And so. When he's targeted like that, and at the same time, they see this incredible double standard going on right before our eyes. I mean, you know, the, the classified documents, uh, you know, thing, they, they've indicted him for that. They're going after him for that. Uh, they're about to. And President Biden had more, many more documents right, right. than Donald Trump stored in his, in his garage behind his Corvette. Like, in, in that we, they just want us to forget that. So I they mean, both, so they both, we should the, wash our hands of both of them and ignore it on both parts? No, look, we, Every, no, no, we shouldn't. I mean, everybody understands we need some reform in how classified material is maintained, okay, from the executive branch on down. But, but those documents but to, were when Biden was vice president. Trump had the authority to declassify any documents. Which he didn't do. You well, don't know well, that he we did. we don't know. That's, 
Well, that's right. That's that's one of the issues in dispute. But the point is an important one is that, you know, everybody understands we've got to handle classified information better at that level. But you can't indict one former president and allow the current uh, occupant of the office to just, you know, get a pass. I mean, you if you're going to enforce it, it has to be equal. That's the point. And people see that it's not. And, and you know, we're going to have FBI Director Ray on the stand here in an hour and a half. And he's going to have to answer for some of this, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and if we can't get the perception right, perception is reality. And in a republic and a government of, by, and for the people, remember, we don't have a king. You know, 247 years ago, mm-hmm. we moved away from the monarchy role. There's no boss to step in the middle of this and sort it out. We have to do it ourselves. And in a self-governing system, the people have to trust that the system is fair. When John Adams was trying to explain the distinction between us and, the, and what we broke away from in Great Britain, he said, we're a nation of laws, not of men. What he meant was, nobody's above the law. It's equal. Lady Justice wears a blindfold because we're all to be seen equally, equal justice under the law. And right now, y'all, the American people do not believe that we have that. And that is a great danger to our system. Congressman Mike Johnson, last thing, last 30 seconds. Do you think and hope Donald Trump is the nominee for the Republican Party next year? I, 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 I mean, if the polling is correct, I think he will be. I think we're, we're looking for a, um, uh, you know, a, a new match between Biden and Trump. I mean, that's where that's where it looks to be headed. Whether all everybody in America wants that or not, that's what you got. And the and the, the choice between those two ain't even close. Mm. Mike, Mike Johnson, thank you, sir. Look, um, thank you. you go you go against uh, FBI Director Ray at nine a.m. our time this morning. Uh, I'm going to be praying. Uh, that's right. I'm going to be praying for you. You're my favorite redneck, by the way. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> thank, thank you, sir. Congressman. 101.7 <laughs> FM, 710. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Earlier this morning, we were talking about the. There is a case of West Nile that has been discovered in Caddo Parish, and uh, we were talking about mosquitoes. And some, like me, get bitten more often than others. And uh, I did have a friend of mine uh, that wrote in on the Shreveport Security Systems message board, and he says, in the pest control industry, we have entomologists say it's mainly due to the amounts of CO two that we put off. So that's a big factor, and I and I do have big lungs and breathe. Mm-hmm. A lot of hot air. <laughs> Did I just say that out loud? We're going to talk to Dr. Martha White coming up just after the break and uh, find out more about that case of, of CO2. And shut up, Michael McCarty, 1017 F. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Our friend of the program, Doctor Martha White, joining us, Region Seven Director. Then that's off the top of my head, Doctor White. What was? I know I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I'm the Region Seven Medical Director for Public Health. I'm not an idiot. You were close. Yeah. We we do have a confirmed case of West Nile in our area. How serious is this? Should we be panicking, buying cases of water now and holding <laughs> up paper, in our yeah. homes and hoarding toilet, toilet paper? paper? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we have West Nile every year. So um, don't be panicked. And, of course, it's a mosquito-borne illness. So 
we're always going to have mosquitoes in Louisiana. We're always going to be at risk for illnesses that they can carry. We just have to be smart and try to protect ourselves. Now, I was looking up on the CDC website. Most people, in fact, 8 out of 10 infected with West Nile do not develop any symptoms. That's right. That's right. But Very th- similar to something else we used to have going around. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't going to say the C word, okay? We weren't gonna, no, don't even say that. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you, the, the, when, when there is a case that is considered neuroinvasive, that is serious. That's what we found here. How serious is that? So it can be very serious for the person who has it because, number one, it can, on rare occasions, lead to death. So only about 1%, I'm sorry, about 5% of people who have neuroinvasive disease can die. So it's a very low number of a very low number, right? Mm -hmm. So if only 2 out of 10 people get sick at all, only those get neuroinvasive and and then even a smaller percentage can pass away. But it also can lead to um, long-term effects in some people. So you want to make sure that you get in to see your physician if you're feeling um, those significant symptoms like um, a severe headache, a stiff neck. Um, If anyone notices that this person is confused or um, not quite acting themselves, running a high fever, they definitely need to be seen. Okay. Are, are, is a specific population more susceptible to getting the neuroinvasive? Yes. It's usually people over 60, and it can be in people who are immunocompromised. So it's as we age, of course, we always become more susceptible to disease processes. And then if you don't have a strong immune system, you have a harder time with a lot of things that are going around. So those two populations. Yeah, certain medical conditions such as cancer, diabetes, hypertension, kidney disease, or an organ transplant, those, those people uh, need to be especially careful. What are some preventative measures people can take? So, you know, unfortunately, mosquitoes like people don't like the heat of the day. So they like to be out when it's cooler in the mornings and in the evenings. But um, so we need to be specifically cautious and wear light weight, long sleeve shirts, long pants if you can, and, and make sure that you wear a mosquito repellent. We always want to warn people, don't put the mosquito repellent under your clothes. You can put it on your skin that's open, and you can put it on your clothes, but not under your clothes. All right. We've, yeah. often, we've often heard, and my father used to tell me, I was so sweet, that's why mosquitoes bit me a lot. <laughs> Are they attracted to a specific person or blood type? We've heard that a lot. Well, you know, there are people who will say that they... Uh, they get bitten a lot more than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have never seen any scientific data that proves that there's a specific type. I'll just come that, come sit on the porch with me, and I'll prove that. <laughs> but there are definitely people who seem to get bitten more often, and I don't know if it's something you know that they wear or what it is about that person. Maybe they are sweeter, but um, <laughs> but in that case, I don't get bitten a lot, and I'm very sweet. So. <laughs> 
Well, we can. I can sit on the porch with my wife. We love to do that in the evenings, especially in the fall and nicer weather. Uh, yeah. And and I'll I'll just be eaten up, and she's hardly ever bothered at all. So what are you trying to say? Uh, that, that I'm sweeter, obviously. <laughs> Martha, and we're talking to Dr. Martha White, the Office of Public Health. If we have somebody in our room who was out maybe in a, a wooded area a day or a couple days ago and got eaten up by mosquitoes, what should he watch out for? They, they really want to watch out for flu-like symptoms. So, you know, those muscle aches. Um, some people have GI distress with it. Um, some mild fever you can get with it. Um, runny nose, congestion, cough, sorry, but they also, um, but the main thing is if they get sicker with the bad headaches and the stiff necks, the not being able to, they don't want to eat, they possibly throwing up, you really want to be seen. The only other thing, Erin, is make sure you keep your environment as clean as you can. Mm-hmm. If you have screens, make sure that they're in good repair. If you're going to leave your windows open, make sure that you don't have standing water. A lot of people like bird baths. Those are okay, but you need to um, dump them every two to three days mm-hmm. so that um, you have fresh water in them. The, do, the, do those the, citronella candles work? Are there some things you, that, that'll scare the skeeters away? Citronella candles do work. Um, you know, there's all kinds of systems out there now that people buy to put around their you know, misters and things like that. But the best thing you can do is make sure that you're wearing your mosquito repellent and that you... If you're going to be out, for example, all day going to the lake or whatever, you want to make sure you can reapply it. So bring some with you. <laughs> and and especially and, um, protect your children, right? Right. And remember, if you're go- you, you can protect their face. You just don't want to spray it on a child's face. Just spray it into your hands and then rub it on their skin. So don't um, spray. You don't want to get it in their eyes, nose, or mouth. Dr. Martha White, Region 7 Medical Director. Thanks for talking with us this morning. We appreciate it. Thank y'all. Thanks. 101. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. I I like to think I'm I'm pretty computer savvy. I'm pretty common sense wise. Okay. Okay. I'm not. Have you have you ever ordered anything off of an ad on Facebook? Hmm. Not that I can think of. Not no, Ruby. I, I have yes, and you got the item, and it was as expected. Yes, it was my sleepy bear T-shirt, my sleepy okay. time T-bear shirt. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I know I have before. I can't think off the top of my head. I've mm-hmm. ordered something and go, you know, okay, and it all worked out. It worked out fine. Okay, I saw an ad, and I don't, I don't even want to talk about what it is because I don't want to give them right. It was a cool little item for a desktop. Okay. Now I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Ordered, ordered one a month ago. Still nothing. Oh yeah. 
Nothing. Yeah, it's uh, probably it's so gonna, now I start doing some research and it's like, oh, this is a scam. Oh no! Oh, no. I'm like, oh, well, why didn't no. you people tell me that before I ordered it? Yeah. Oh, so the whole. Oh, apparently the whole thing. Tell me you're not three digits in how much that cost. No, no, you. no, no, no. It wasn't. It was less than fifty bucks. bucks. Okay, less All than right. fifty, but still, but still. But do they have your credit card number? Well, that's the thing. Of course they do. And, and yeah, the charge went through, you bastards. Oh, you need to go change the I've credit card I've sent an email, like now. nothing, you know, no reply to an email. You need to stop that credit card immediately. Even and now I, I know feel that. like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 I'm smarter than this. Oh, boy. Mm. I, I, I can I can usually spot phishing emails. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to send some Bahrainian prince, you know, a thousand dollars so I can Let's get not talk about ten thousand dollars. Come on, <laughs> still waiting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> still waiting for your money, right? Yeah, but I just felt like an idiot. Right. I'm, I'm, and what recourse is there? You, there's not much. There's not much. But you really need to change that credit card. No doubt about it. Cancel it and get a new one. If well, you haven't already. An eye, I've kept an eye on it. I, who wants to do that? Well, sometimes you have to. Sometimes you got to go because they're, you know, if when they go to use it, they're not going to go buy $10 worth of gas. They're going to max that doodle out. I guess I could, I guess I could uh, go back and dispute the charges with, with, uh, if it's the a bank. credit card, unless it was yeah. a debit card. Yeah. Well, it was a debit card. Uh, you're got you're SOL. I'm an idiot. Yeah. You're SOL. Sorry about that. Yeah, that sucks. And I do check out. If I'm buying something, I I typically will go check out. Is well, this I, a, is this legit? Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you'll buy something on Amazon, but it's like coming from a sponsor. Th- another party, uh, yeah. right. And, and so third I'm like, party. let me check out this third party and see if they ship the stuff, if they're del- right. delayed. Right, sure. And uh, so I watch that. And if I buy on eBay, I used to do that a lot. Um, I would make sure you had a hundred percent record. I didn't want oh, anybody F- with any yes, shadiness. Right. No, I don't want to deal with no shadiness. To have to fight through that, you can't do it. You can't win those because you can never find them. They, well, it, yeah, they and ghost nothing, you exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm well, sure I that's what ghosted. you're getting. I'm feel like an idiot. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, at least I still wish it would, but like, oh, oh, look, it came. You know what I mean? Oh, that'd be cool. I, I, yeah. And maybe it is a six-week shipping. Some things, maybe. And that's true. Could maybe be. so. Maybe You'll so. Wait and see. Oh, boy. Yeah. Ugh, you bastards. That sucks. Uh, coming up, State Treasurer John Schroeder going to be joining us, candidate for governor after the news, top of the hour, Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, Seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with us this morning. Uh, John Schroeder, state treasurer and also candidate for governor. Good morning, sir. Hey guys, how y'all? Thanks for coming in. Yep. Thanks for. Should I say he brought Southern Make Donuts this yeah, morning? Yeah, he did. See, he this did. is a man that knows what he's doing. Well, <laughs> you got to do good intel. <laughs> All right, you're running for governor. It's a crowded field. Nine candidates, something like that. Um, why are you the best candidate? We'll ask you that first. 
Look, I, I think it comes down to experience. You know, I'm 62. Uh, you know, I, I tell my, my 36-year-old, my 34-year-old children this, who are children adults, there's no, you can't, uh, you can't fake wisdom. You, I, wisdom is something that you only get in one way, and that's living through life. So I bring a lot of wisdom to the table. You know, I'm an um, Army veteran. U.S. United States Army. I was in the infantry, military intelligence. I was a CID agent. I finished most of my career as a special agent working narcotics work. My retina hemorrhage was around 28 or so. Came back to Louisiana. Started my first business that didn't go real well, and I immediately went back into law enforcement. I took a undercover narcotics detective job in Ascension Parish, um, all in, in my late 20s. So, um, when I hit 30, I decided I wanted to get in business, and I've now been in business for 33 years. I, I served in the legislature for nine and a half years, eight years. You learn a lot serving under Bobby Jindal in uh, all those years of budget cuts. And I served on appropriations committee. I served on a criminal justice committee. I was a chairman of Homeland Security. I served on education. Um, I have a lot of experience. People talk all the time that you need to run government like a business, and we need people with experience. Well, you got it. And we'll, we'll just see what the people I absolutely believe I bring something different to the table. Um, you know, from a transactional, I, I think what's punishing this state more than anything that people don't talk a lot about, but but when you look at statistically where Louisiana rates when it comes to corruption and cronyism, it infects our political process in Baton Rouge. Not only in Baton Rouge, y'all, y'all know it, I don't need to tell you, it's probably the worst kept secret, but it's, it crushes the reputation of this state and it's one of the biggest reasons why business does not want to come to this state. What do you do to, to address that? It starts in the governor's office. You know, the, the cronyism is is ridiculous, you know, from our boards and commissions. I mean, read the article that came out this week or, or last week. I haven't seen it. I, I got some clip notes from it uh, about the Board of Supervisors at LSU. You know, um, we have to have a zero tolerance when it comes to um, transactional politics. We have to get out of the pay to play, um, which also means that that's going to take some some leadership that's going to take the governor willing to give up a little power it's going to take the legislature giving up a little power but you see what happens the results of pay-to-play politics in baton rouge you see it i've dealt with it you know you manage a 60 plus billion dollar operation believe me you're going to see it and 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 feel some of it so how do you feel i'm talking to john schroeder state treasurer candidate for governor i know your wife's a former teacher Mm -hmm. and administrator I would like your, to hear your thoughts on the, the, the testing that we do. We seem to spend our entire school year working toward testing. So we start the school year earlier in August. We're you know, and kids are not learning the things they need to learn. Right. We I have friends who say their kids are in the kids are in eighth grade, and we don't hold them back. We yeah. pass them on. Look, we move I've, them to high school. I've been married for thirty eight years to an educator. She's mm-hmm. double degreed. I mean, she's smart. And she's, uh, she could be the superintendent, but, uh, you know, Ellie retired, I don't know, about 11, 12 years ago. She runs our construction company now, but Ella, this, that's a culture thing. It's been going on for a long time. We didn't just get into this testing mode. Ellie's been talking about that for 20 years, you know, so. Should we do away with it? Well, you know, I'm not the education expert, but let me just tell you, let me answer the question this way. 
you know, I, I hear people talk about our education system in this state and how bad it is and blah, 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 blah. But you know what we never talk about? How poor our family network is in this state. You know, statistically, we have one of the worst statistics uh, when it comes to mom and dad raising their children in this state. Now, my wife would tell you if she was sitting here, when she retired, she was at an 85% free and reduced lunch school at Bayou Lacombe Middle School in St. Tanny Parish. Um, Those parents uh, were poor, uneducated, unhealthy, and you saw the reflection of their kids when they came to school. And we want our teachers to be the mom and the dad and the, and, the, and, the, and the doctor and the counselor and the policeman. We want our teachers to do so much more today than they did 25, 30 years ago, where kids will come into school prepared, uh, did their homework. They, they knew what one plus one was. They knew their ABCs. Kids come to school now, they're just looking to get a meal. Mm-hmm. You know, so the education system in this state is way, way more than just about mathematics and, and, and reading today. So there's all these social issues, all these economic issues. Kids are coming to school not prepared for school, but we want to blame our teachers for it. And we blame it on testing and all these other things. Testing's a problem. You talk to any administrator, I'll tell you. Um, it's a result of chasing money, in my opinion. Everything Looking is about the, the money. Federal dollars. That's Absolutely. It. Everything is about dollars today. And and you didn't ask me this, but I'll tell you, in that building, they call it the state capitol, that building wraps around one word, M-O-N-E-Y. And in and, and the, the closing minutes of the sessions, and yeah. I served nine and a half years, so I can say this, and I was on appropriations committee. All those huddles you see it, in the last 24, two days of session, what do you think those legislators are talking about? Mm. You think they're talking about education? No, not no. blueberries. No, 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 no that's not it. You think they're no. talking about infrastructure? Well, they talk about infrastructure. You know, who's but getting what? Who's yeah. getting what? And it's about the money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a bad process. It's, it's, a, it's a have and have nots. It's a, if you in, you in. If you out you out and you can go to my facebook page i i I screamed my last session in 2016 that if we didn't ever change this process we're we're forever going to be fighting and getting nowhere it's a it's a it's a politically corrupt process and i don't mean corrupt that the fbi is going to show up but the 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 leadership and the governor for years not just this one not just the last one for years have always used the process to make legislators do what they want because legislators come to Baton Rouge with needs from their communities and that's pressure from home. And and if they don't deliver those deliver on those pressures, then guess what? They didn't do their job. And mm-hmm. that's just the fact. That's how it works. Well, I remember the previous Governor Edwards, uh, Edwin, mm-hmm. they used to laugh about the fact of how corrupt he was. He laughed about it. And I remember people saying, well, I know he's a crook, but at least he's honest about it and vote for him. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you, we got to take a break. We're talking with uh, State Treasurer John Schroeder uh, about what are you going to do differently? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll uh, take a break and come back with, after this, Micah McCarty. 101.7 FM, 7.
1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with State Treasurer John Schroeder, Governor candidate for State of Louisiana. John, we can we can go back. I mean, you can go back to the Longs. I mean, you know, corruption in in Baton Rouge is nothing new. Right. Um, what what are you going to do differently to? combat that good old boy system we're not going to appoint corrupt people to our boards i mean when you look at the boards and it is what it is i mean look i i've one thing about me and my background people know my background so when i go around the state and i talk to leaders and people who are um involved in the process everybody is frustrated about hey every time i try to do something i got to give a contract to this person i got to do this for that person i mean it's disgusting i sit on 37 boards of state treasurer 37 and if you want to know where the problems are just watch what boards i go to the most Mm. let me ask you this uh john schroeder um when this governor took office our state budget was i say this over and over so i'm so tired of it was 29 billion dollars our state budget is now over 45 billion dollars um, our roads aren't better. Crime's not down. There's nothing to show uh, for it. We don't have better parks. What are we doing? And, and our population's down. Well, right. How do you rein in that spending? It is completely out of control. Well, Aaron, you know, I, I believe I know the numbers as, as well as anybody, at least how they operate. As I tell people, I don't control the numbers as state treasurer. I'm the bank. So I see it, and I talk, I spent a lot of time talking to legislators about the budget and the things to do. And I look, I did not support busting a cap this year. Mm-hmm. And, and from, from different reasons why the legislature and the governor, they were all going at it. Look, I'm just a financial advisor. So if I give you advice, Aaron, you can either take it or leave it. And that's basically what my role is as state treasurer. I wanted to see us use unprecedented excess dollars to pay down more debt because we, we're, we're high in debt. We're almost each individual in this state owes almost $14,000 in debt. And you know when the economy uh, s- slows down, the more debt you have, the more problems you have dealing with that economy. Do you pledge sitting no here different. that you will scrub that budget and make sure there's not waste in government? Uh, we don't need a $45 billion uh, dollar budget. Well, first of all, the, the you got to understand, and, and I've explained this many, many times, we get as much money. I think we lead the nation per capita in federal money. So that federal money is coming down. That's what balloons the budget to 45. Last year was 64. The, the fiscal session we, uh, a year we just finished was 64 billion. Mm. Now it's down to 44-ish. Um, next year, it will go down even more because as that federal money disappears, um, you know, the one, one thing about having 4.6 million people, 2 million on Medicaid, 900,000 on Medicare, you know what that means? A lot of federal money coming to your state. We're poor, we're unhealthy, and we're, and we're uneducated. So we get a lot of federal money because that's, it's all the programs. That gets all put into the budget, and that's why you see a $45 billion budget. I think if you extracted all the federal money, it's probably closer to that $27, $28 billion. Mm-hmm. I get really excited when I hear economic development issues and, and positive news. Uh, you talked a minute ago about trying to attract businesses to Louisiana. Mm-hmm. What what can you do differently to help streamline that process for businesses that, that uh, they're interested in coming here? Look, I'm going to answer the question this way. You know what's the biggest problem that I I've seen in my tenure now as nine and a half years in the legislature and now state treasurer almost six years, nobody pays attention to the infrastructure of running the operation. 
If somebody wasn't running this operation, you two would not be on the radio right now. If somebody wasn't paying the bills, um, uh, making sure you don't spend too much, Mm -hmm. making sure you have efficiencies. When's the last time you heard somebody said they had faith in government? And when 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 they, when, when they say that, yeah. um, do they like their experience with the Department of Motor and Vehicles? Do they like their experience with the Department of Revenue? This is what I commit to you: we will go in and run every department just like the Department of Treasury has been run. Go read on Google. You haven't seen one negative article about my department since I've been there. Not one. Because we run the operation. And we're not in the news because we go to work every day and we do our job. I want to come do the job. Mm-hmm. If you want politics, if you want some political backslapper, I'm not your guy. If you want somebody who's going to go to work every day for five, six Mondays a week, Meaning Monday is always your busiest day. That's what I thrive on. That's will, what I do. And that's what I've done as your treasurer. Will you commit today to finish the I-49 inner city connector in Shreveport? We have a three-mile stretch of the freeway. I'm sure they've taken you to see it. Yes. Next question. That's okay. easy. Jimmy Davis Bridge got tangled up in this political... We will not get tangled up in politics. That will not happen. I'm confident that, that my well, management ability... What do you, what ability, do you mean by that? Everything. Look, if 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 a senator doesn't do what the governor wants, or if the senator doesn't do what his leadership wants, or if the rep doesn't do what uh, the the speaker wants, I mean, there's all this political payback to each other. But guess who gets punished for that? We you do. Think well, the, the people. Le- yeah, the legislator doesn't get punished. And we've experienced that with this right. recent round of vetoes that right. were vindictive, right? Spiteful acts specifically designed at legislatures from North Louisiana. All, all political backslap. And I would tell you this. This state, if we're going to improve this state, if we're going to stop 67,000 people who moved out the last two years, we better start at our foundation. We cannot recruit business if we can't conduct the business that we have. And Shreveport's a vital part of this state. Um, You will see me in Shreveport. Look, I've probably come to Shreveport as much as any South Louisiana uh, leader, legislator, elected official in this state. I can't help, Aaron, if you don't invite me on the radio, but mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm here a lot, okay? So I'm an entrepreneur. I love business. I love solving problems. I don't like the politics of it. I take the politics out of everything, and we did that at Treasury. And look, when you manage the type of money we do, and with the state bond commission, you can just imagine the week in, week out of politics. Mm-hmm. But it is possible, and that's what encouraged me, myself, to run for governor. You can take all the politics out of this. It doesn't have to be pay to play. It will work, but it has to start. Somebody has to be the leader. Somebody has to set the tone and have a zero tolerance. And I want to go back to a minute because this is important. I don't want board members thinking out there that I think everybody's corrupt. But I'm telling you, board members are overstepping their bounds every day because I did not realize till I became state treasurer and very naively started showing up at all these boards that I sit on. And don't ask me how it's just been there by statute. All the retirement boards, mm-hmm. all um, the Louisiana Housing Corporation Board, which I got to tell you, you go back and read, read, on, read on the Internet how bad that board's been historically. Mm-hmm. You know, we, it's stable for the first time, but it's, it takes constant oversight from board members who don't care about getting a contract for their buddies mm. or, or getting somebody a job. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Right. Well, there's so much more I want to ask. Yeah. And, Please and come back. With what you're saying, I, I agree with. The last 
candidate that uh, was talking like that, they're vilifying him right now on a national level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the deep state hates him. So right. You know, prepared look, to be attacked. Look, this isn't popular. Okay, but let me tell you something, man. I defended this country. I said my last prayer. I don't owe anything to anybody. This is a devotion to me. This is not a job. You know, when I chase bad guys around this country and this world, I did it to protect you. I'm going to go to Baton Rouge and protect you. I want, I want somebody to go to Baton Rouge and represent the 85 percentile who never gets represented. Mm-hmm. But we're the ones going to work every day, paying the bills, carrying the water. While they go to Baton Rouge with all this foolishness, it will end if I'm the governor of this state. John Schroeder, Secretary of, Secretary of State, Treasurer of the state of Louisiana, thank you so much for coming in Thanks. this morning. What do I have to bring to you next time? <laughs> more Southern, more, some more milk, donuts. Some chocolate, yeah. no pudding. <laughs> <laughs> FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. There's a new drug that's been uh, released, approved by the FDA for the treatment of Alzheimer's patients. Uh, We're going to find out more about that with uh, Dr. Roger Kelly, professor of neurology, LSU Health Health here in Shreveport, coming up just after the break. 101.7. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Doctor Roger Kelly, he's professor of neurology, LSU Health in Shreveport. Uh, Doctor Kelly, good morning. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. We Thank got you for asking me to uh, participate. Uh, exciting news for those uh, Alzheimer's patients that uh, might be eligible for this new drug. First of all, how do you pronounce it, Lakembi? Yeah, Lakembi. Uh, I was looking over the, the the benefits of this. First of all, it's $26,000 a year. Uh, but does it, it substantially, it doesn't cure Alzheimer's, but it slows the progression. Is that correct? Explain a little bit about that. Right. It, it, one thing is the it's in the class of what are called biologicals, which you see a lot of advertised on the uh, te- television for rheumatoid arthritis, et cetera. See a lot of ads for the multiple sclerosis drugs, and those often cost sixty to eighty thousand dollars a year. Um, so twenty six thousand five hundred is not excessive. Uh, the issue is that you have to have some serial MRI brain scans to monitor the safety of the drug, and it is given by intravenous infusion every two weeks. So there are expenses related to that as well, but it's not necessarily an excessive expense for a yearly price for the drug based upon what these biologics and their uh, development, uh, you know, uh, leads to in terms of what pharmacies feel that is appropriate, so to speak. Pharmaceuticals feel is appropriate. The FDA FDA has approved it, though, now, right? Fully approved it. It's approved fully by the FDA. Uh, was this had happened on July 6th. The expert panel unanimously supported the drug. So it is really a, a landmark in terms of, you know, the availability of an agent that clearly appears to have some efficacy in slowing the progression of the disease. 
who is eligible to get this drug? I know that I know the criteria. It's not just everybody, right? Well, they have to be what are called beta amyloid plaque positive. In other words, the drug works by removing the beta amyloid plaques, which have to do with the cognitive deficit of Alzheimer's disease. They're not supposed to be there, and when they develop and the numbers grow, so to speak, that correlates with progressive cognitive impairment to some degree. So the drug is designed to remove those plaques, but if you don't have the plaques, then the drug's not going to work. How so, do you get tested for that? I mean, is that something you do, you do a brain scan? Or how, well, how does that work? There's, there's two basic methods right now that they are citing. One is the positron emission tomography scan where they can actually identify the plaques with a special tracer. And so that's one way. So we are involved in a study of that, that we can tell whether patients are beta amyloid positive or beta amyloid negative from, the, from that PET scan, so to speak. Also, there's a cerebrospinal fluid test, which is quite accurate in detecting beta amyloid coming from the brain by doing a spinal tap. So if you have a positive test, either from the PET scan or from a spinal fluid exam, then you're potentially eligible for the drug because that's the mechanism of action. Now, in terms of <coughs> the utility of the drug, it's felt to be most appropriate for early disease, either what's called mild cognitive impairment, where you're starting to get more forgetful in starting to affect activities of daily living, or you're getting early Alzheimer's disease, where you're starting to get, need some help with finances and things like that. So that's where the patient population is identified. Uh, it will be somewhat subject to interpretation. If somebody uh, doesn't test quite as well on some of the screening tests, but they are still quite functionally independent except for some problems with keeping track of things or whatever, they certainly might be eligible for the drug since it seems to protect against them getting worse, and that's the most important aspect that we want to address. We're talking with Dr. Roger Kelly, professor of neurology at LSU Health in Shreveport. Uh, Dr. Kelly, there's a, a neurologist in the University of Cincinnati that said, uh, the twenty seven percent slowing in the progression falls below the threshold, and there 's a far more uh, increased risk of brain swelling and hemorrhage that 's a, a higher risk than the actual improvement. What are some of the side effects that that uh, people should be concerned about well it's it 's twenty seven percent but it 's probably uh, a selective effect. In other words, you're probably going to have patients that are going to respond much better than other patients to the drug for whatever reason. You find that with a lot of medications. We have patients that can do a commercial for the product, and other patients will say they can't stand it. So there's probably a selective efficacy for certain patients. Uh, overall, the cumulative protection was 27% over the 18-month uh, study. Uh, it, it does effectively, by serial PET scan, remove the beta amyloid plaques. So in terms of the side effects, because it is removing these deposits in the brain, there can be swelling associated with that. There can also be brain hemorrhage associated with that. And the risk of significant side effects was up to about 13%. But we're now able to better screen who is more susceptible to the complications. In other words, if there's a high plaque load, there's probably going to be more of a response in terms of removing that larger number of plaques. 
Also, if patients have this genetic predisposition to Alzheimer's disease, which is tested by this certain blood test called the apoprotein, apolipoprotein E4 allele, they're at greater risk for having potential complications from the drug. So we're going to be able to determine the risk versus benefits, hopefully in an effective fashion for patients uh, to hopefully protect against progression. And, you know, this is an ongoing process. There are a number of other drugs in the pipeline that are being tested that might be just as effective or if not more effective for protecting brain function. So if you can protect the patient so that they're still able to enjoy their family, they're still able to enjoy Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever, then that's an important thing in terms of quality of life. Where can people go to get tested? If they they think this may be appropriate for them, who do they turn to? Is you guys you have testing available there? Right, we we have both the PET scan. Well, there's the PET centers down uh, the street on Kings Highway, and they have the tracer that's available for looking at beta amyloid. And we're actually involved in a study of that where we've actually done a number of patients with uh, cerebral beta amyloid plaque. Uh, PET scan or by spinal fluid. It's a special tube that's necessary to remove the fluid and send it off to a lab to be tested. So that can be done in our clinic. We do that as part of our assessment, so to speak. What we're hoping is that the blood test, which appears to have similar uh, sensitivity to both the PET scan and the spinal fluid, is going to be available in order to allow patients to be eligible for the study. So there are several commercially available blood tests that appear to be fairly accurate in detecting beta amyloid, but I don't yet believe they're approved to identify patients eligible for the new agent. Dr. Kelly, are are you excited about this drug? Are you excited about this uh, advancement? Right. I, I view it as something that is going to have potential for certain patients that is going to be very gratifying, and it's going to give them a sense of hope because we have two oral agents, uh, when, one's what's called a uh, cholinesterase inhibitor uh, as well as the memantine. These have sort of a marginal effect. They can have some clinical benefit, but they're certainly not dramatic wonder drugs per se, and they were developed years ago. There's not been a new approved agent to help patients with Alzheimer's disease or malcognitive impairment up until last week. So there's certainly uh, room for excitement there. There's room for caution, obviously, but uh, I, I believe, you know, if I personalize it, if this were my loved one and they were eligible for this drug, then I would certainly seriously consider it for them. Dr. Kelly, thanks so much for your time. You're very welcome. Mm-hmm. Wish you well. Bye now. 1017 FM 17. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty, and uh, I thank Dr. Kelly for talking with us this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went by the bridge, isn't that the name of the facility off yes. of Olive Street? It's on Olive, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, on Olive. Well, it's actually off of Olive Street. If it was on Olive Street, you'd run into the building <laughs> while you were driving. Um, but <laughs> you just threw a pin at me. Another pin at me. <laughs> 
You got any more pins, Ruben? No. no. You can put an eye out with that. Stop. Tell me about the testing. I want to go do that. My wife wants to go do that. It takes about 20 minutes. It's an Alzheimer's, pre-Alzheimer's test? What to see if if you have early signs of of Alzheimer's. Mm Predisposed, possibly. And it was about a 20-minute test, and they can kind of tell you, you know, are you you okay? Are you just having... Because we all, when you listen to somebody talk about Alzheimer's, you think... Oh, I have memory loss. I forget things. Right, am right. I, am, am, is it, is it the, the early signs? I mean, and how many times have help. you walked into a room? What am I doing? Why yes, did I come in here? Exactly. I, I'll open a new tab on the computer and go, wait, wait, what was I about to do? Mm-hmm. I, literally, yes. seconds ago, right? something said, oh, and I'm going to look at And then I don't remember what I was you forget. going to and, do. And you think, oh, my gosh, it's early al- uh, Alzheimer's. Well, they can do the test. It's about 20 minutes. It's free. They don't charge you anything. And, you know, you'll be surprised. I I passed it with flying colors, they said. And I, you know, and I was thinking, oh, I'm very forgetful. What's going on? So it's real easy. It, you know, it, it kind of tests your memory. You kind of got to remember things in backwards. You got to do a little math. There's some things, you, different parts of it. But it was easy. I mean, I've, was, seen, I've seen videos of like traffic stops and they go... You know, give me the alphabet backwards. Mm-hmm. Well, hell, I couldn't do that sober. Yes, Z-Y-X-W. exactly. Right. That's as far as, as, far as I can go, mm-hmm. right there. I'm hoping they're going to come in and do like a, a mini version of their test. They can't do the whole test on the sure, air because right. some of it's math. And I mean, you just can't do that on the radio. I, I don't know if I want people knowing how stupid I really am, though. <laughs> but we'll do, a, we'll do a mini version of it. I'm hoping in the next week or so on the radio because I think it's important. And they do these for free. You do have to call and you know, let them know you're coming. But just look it up. It's The Bridge, um, an amazing program. And they have a lot of support groups, too, for families dealing with family members with Alzheimer's or dementia. Great, great program in our community, and people don't know about it. And you can go by for free mm-hmm. and do the testing. Just call them and uh, and make sure that they're available. Let them know Set you're coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it and and you'll be surprised. You might think it's it's you know it's uh, Alzheimer's, but it's just part of aging. I was going to do that, but I forgot. So I need to. <laughs> uh, ha. Uh, where's another pin? Yeah. How many did you throw at me, by the way? Two. Where's I, the other well, one? I can't find the other one. Disappeared into the ether. Uh, All right. Busy day tomorrow. Thank you so much. By the way, people have asked about our podcasts. Um, we we had some. We've we've been having some technical issues corporate wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've they're they're getting a lot of things back online. Yes. And that's one that has just recently gotten back online. So I've gone through and I've published um, shows going back. Right. So, Hopefully we'll have Chief uh, Wayne Smith in studio with us tomorrow. We're working on that schedule. So um, lots of other special guests coming up. I'm keeping this pin. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Key.